If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're listening to Vaughn Radio. English, English with Richard Brown. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of English, English with me, Richard Brown. This is the show where we rip words to pieces, we tear them to shreds, and then try and reassemble them again. Or as we say more commonly in English, put them back together again. You know when you take a watch apart, an old watch that's kicking around in the house somewhere, and you take it apart, yeah? Lo desmontas. Well, then you try and put it back together again, which is the most common way of saying to reassemble. So today, uh, as per usual, we're going to look at one single word. And today's word is going to be the word gate. Let's go. She's on a look at the track, you sure ain't surprising. My day 
Um, we're going to look at the word gate. A gate is basically um, some sort of door, but it's not a door um, to uh, uh, the interior of a building. It's usually uh, some sort of doorway uh, in a fence, right? In a fence or in a wall. In una, um, how do you say, uh, una valla or in una, um, un muro or muralla as well. We often talk about gates in castles, but we'll come back to castles in a bit. Let's just uh, go out into the country and think of uh, those country gates that you find all over the place. Um, obviously, it's, it's a way to get in from one field into another field. If the field has a fence running all the way around it, or perhaps a hedge even uh, running all the way around it, well, the only way you can get into that field is by going through the gate. Yeah, gate is written gate, but we say gate, gate, right? It rhymes with plate and mate and fate, okay? So you go through the gate to get from one field into another. So what does gate mean in, in Spanish? I suppose you would say berja, cancela, um, even reja. When a gate is made of iron, in Spanish you call it una reja, right? Uh, an iron gate. In the countryside, uh, you do get uh, metal gates, but very often they are made of wood, a wooden gate. And you get different types. You get, for example, a typical gate you find in the countryside in England is, of course, the five-bar gate. What's a five-bar gate? Well, a five-bar gate basically has uh, four horizontal shafts and one diagonal shaft cutting across the four horizontal ones. Obviously, they're nailed together, and that forms the gate. Now, when you turn that on its head, so the, the four horizontal bars are now facing vertically, that, of course, is how we often count up when we're reckoning. Yeah, if you, I don't know, if you have to count the number of blue cars you see coming down this street in the next 10 minutes, every time you see a car, you're going to do a little notch. A, a vertical one, another vertical one, a third vertical one, a fourth vertical notch, and then the diagonal one, and then you'll start another five-bar gate. So we don't just find them in the countryside, we also find them when we are tallying up things, when we're counting things. Another type of gate you can find in the countryside has the rather romantic name of a kissing gate. This is interesting, this is basically a gate that doesn't have a latch. It's, it swivels, it swings open, but it swings open. As it swings, it uh, brushes past a sort of uh, semicircular um, construction, right? So basically, this is a gate that uh, humans can use to get from one field to another, but animals can't, right? You have to kind of uh, push it and swing it right round in order to get 
through. It's called a kissing gate, not because people would stand on either side of the gate and kiss each other. It's called a kissing gate because to kiss also means rothar. So as the gate swings round, it kisses all of that semicircular structure, which is also a gate. It's a semicircular gate, right? And the swingy bit, the bit that opens and closes, kisses all of that semicircle. Lo rotha. That's a kissing gate. We have garden gates as well, of course. Um, very often a garden gate will have a latch on it, which is uh, a means of opening and closing. Then you get uh, the, the front gates of a property. Yeah, um, When you leave a house with a, a front door, you'll lock the front door and then you might walk out into the drive or the driveway and then you might go through the main gate and then you have to lock the main gate. Don't forget to lock it. Don't forget to close the gate. The entrance to a house, for example, that has a gate is known as the gateway. La entrada, right? The gateway. Um, we can talk about the gateway to a palace or a palatial building. The palace gates. Yeah, go through the, when you, when you're going to see to the queen's reception, you need to go through the gateway. So through the main entrance, through the main gate. A gateway in figurative terms also means, um, oof, how will we translate this? Maybe like, uh, pasaporte, right? A metaphorical passport. Um, this, this, uh, this job could be his gateway to a better life. This opportunity could be her gateway to, uh, to a, a better job or to getting a better job. It's like opening up possibilities. That's what gates do. They open up possibilities in figurative terms. I mentioned castle gates before. Um, the gate, of course, was very often the only entrance to a castle. Therefore, it was uh, usually the most heavily fortified part of a castle because it was also potentially the weakest part of a castle defense, obviously, because you have you have the gate. So um, if you think of a castle gateway, they kind of multiply the number of uh, different defense measures or mechanisms there in order to minimize the uh, the risk of the castle being invaded through the gateway. Because you think of that, you would have uh, very often um, a drawbridge. A drawbridge would be a bridge over a moat. A moat is M-O-A-T, a moat. And that's that kind of uh, ditch that goes all the way round a castle, usually filled with water. That's the moat. And the, um, the drawbridge will go over the moat and it's retractable. That's why it's called a drawbridge, so you can draw it in. And therefore, there would be, when you draw in the, the drawbridge, there will be no way of crossing the moat. Then you have the castle gates itself. 
uh, castle gates themselves are usually two, right? Uh, these hugely thick wooden gates. Within the castle gates, there is usually a port cullis, which is uh, a, a gate made of wrought iron that can descend and be raised. Yeah, so it goes up right up to the in, into the the main part of the castle gate, into the stonework of the castle gate, and it can be lowered. You lower and raise the portcullis. So castle gateways uh, had a lot of different defence mechanisms, not just the wooden gate. And even on the wooden gate, if you think of a lot of castle gateways, that there are, there's a lot of uh, um, spiky iron things sticking out of them, aren't they? Again, to stop people from, uh, or attackers, from entering or smashing through the gateway easily. So that's a, a castle gate, a very important one. One of the most uh, famous gates, actually. Uh, if, if you think of um, the Tower of London, one of the most famous gates, at least in terms of uh, legend, is... Traitor's Gate. Es como la Puerta de los Traidores. Traitor's Gate. And this, this is actually a water gate. So it's a, a, a gateway, um, which you access, um, via the river itself, via the River Thames. So prisoners would be taken. Digo would be porque se solía hacer eso. Lo que, lo, lo que se hacía. So they would be taken into the tower. First they'd be rowed along the Thames and then taken into the tower, into the Tower of London, through or under Traitor's Gate. Yeah, so they would be rowed in. It was a waterway, water access way into the Tower of London. Anyway, we'll, we'll come back to famous gates a bit later on. Um, let's come back to a normal gate that we might find, for example, on a property. Uh, if you think of a gate on a property, um, there are usually gateposts, right? One gatepost um, is where the hinge or hinges are. Very important here, of course. A hinge is un, una bisagra. So the hinges are on one gatepost. Sería el poste o la, la jamba, yeah? And the uh, locking or closing mechanism is usually on the other gate post. Gates are also um, access points in big parks. And very often you will find a gatekeeper there who is a person responsible for, uh, amongst other things, who is going into the, the park and who is leaving. Right? The gatekeeper, el portero, la, el, el guarda, el conserje, right? The gatekeeper. And the very, the gatekeeper very often lives there in situ in what we call a gate house. Where else do we find gates? Well, we also find gates, obviously, um, apart from, uh, Microsoft, uh, we find gates at airports when we're talking about uh, your departure gate, la, la puerta de embarque. Um, what gate do I need to go to? We don't always say departure gate. You can 
lose the word departure, if you like. I've got to get to my departure gate. I've got to get to my gate. But I don't know what gate I have to go to. Well, look on the screen. Look on the screen and it will tell you. It will say which gate you have to go to. So it will say, for example, C31. And then, of course, the, uh, the, uh, um, overhead public announcement will, uh, remind you that sometimes your gate may be changed. So keep an eye on the screens. So you keep an eye on the screen. You go to gate 33, C33, for example, and then it suddenly says, uh, on the screen that your gate has been changed and you have to go all the way to the other side of the airport to go to gate F16, for example. And you have to traipse with your suitcase and your luggage all the way down to the other side of the airport in order to get to your flight's gate, the correct gate, the right gate, the right departure gate. We don't only find gates at airports, though. We also find gates on canalways or on canals. Um, thinking of sluice gates, which you find at a lock, uh, which is where you, if you're travelling along a canal, at some point, if there's a, a change in the, the level of the ground, you need to go into a, a lock, close the, the sluice gates, and then release the water from one of the sluice gates in order to l- gradually lower down to the level of the next section of canal. Yeah. And that all works using sluice gates. Sluice is written S-L-U-I-C-E. Sluice, right? A bit like juice, as in orange juice. Okay, um, on cars as well we find gates. Well, not, not normal cars, but on jeeps uh, or trucks, you might find a tailgate. A tailgate truck is basically one of those uh, open back trucks. So you have like this sort of horizontal platform on the back. You have two or three seats at the front of the jeep, and the back is all open to the to the air, to the elements. And the tailgate is basically the the door at the back that folds down, que se dobla, right, in order to open. That's the tailgate. Um, talking of folds, there's also, if, you, if you're into records, if you're into vinyl, if you collect vinyl, you'll be very familiar with the term gatefold. Gatefold is basically a way of uh, folding a very large piece of, of uh, paper, or card. And they're used, for example, um, on LP covers. LP was long play, record covers, vinyl record covers, right? Um, a gatefold cover, they became very popular because it allowed, because there was more surface on which to write and include photographs, lyrics, information, etc., etc. Now, with the renaissance of uh, vinyl, they use it as a selling point with a gatefold cover, right? The new album with a gatefold cover. It basically means it opens up like a book. Um, and of course, if you want to release a double album, then of course you, ha- you can easily fit both LPs, both records, both vinyls inside each side of the gatefold cover. Okay, another concept 
I want to introduce you to is that of a gate crasher. Now, to crash, you know what that means, right? To crash a gate. Imagine if you, if you drive into a gate in your car and you crash through it. Now, the gate is closed because it doesn't want anyone to come in. But you crash through it, uninvited, unwanted, unsolicited. Nevertheless, there you are. You crash through uh, and you're suddenly on the property you're not supposed to be on. Well, a gate crasher is actually someone who goes to uh, an event, such as a party, uninvited. They haven't been invited. They haven't received an invitation. But they turn up, se presentan, they turn up nevertheless, no obstante, they turn up nevertheless, uninvited, a vesicuela. They're called gate crashers. In Spanish, you might call them, uh, pues, un, un colado, un, un intruso, a gate crasher. We don't just get gate crashers at, at parties. You also get them at, uh, political events, like a political conference, um, for example, El Pequeño Nicolás, I think, was a, a notorious gate crasher. Nobody knew, nobody quite knew why he was there, who he was, but he was always there, so people just assumed that he was, uh, that he'd been invited. Which, of course, he hadn't. He was a gate crasher. There's no verb, really, to gate. We don't, uh, use the word G-A-T-E as, as a verb, but there is a related verb, and that verb actually has to do with what I was just telling you about. Gate crashing. We can say to gate crash. To gate crash a party, which means to go to a party uninvited. Have you ever gate crashed a party? See, si, es regular. Eh? Have you ever gate crashed a party? Um, I'm sure when I was probably in my ooh, early years at university, I gate crashed a few parties. You just go with your mates who've been invited and you just turn up and nobody says anything. And I've, I know I've had parties, uh, at home where people have just turned up uninvited. But it's not, it's not really a big deal. Most of the time, you just, ah, oh, come in anyway. Yeah. They gate crash. Okay. Um, some famous gates now. Uh, I mentioned Traitor's Gate on the Tower of London. Um, what about the Pearly Gates? The Pearly Gates. Uh, what, what's a pearl? Una perla. Pearly means repleto de perlas, lleno de perlas. Um, the pearly gates, of course, is, uh, one way of referring to the gates of heaven. Si la entrada o la puerta del paraíso, the gates of heaven. Who in, uh, cr Christian tradition stands at the gates of heaven? St. Peter, of course, San Pedro. He stands there with the keys, las llaves, with the keys to the gates of heaven. And we can refer to those gates as the pearly gates. What about the golden gate? Now, the golden gate, nowadays, you always think of the bridge um, in, uh, in San Francisco. But actually, the golden gate is uh, the straight, el estrecho, that separates the San Francisco Bay from the Pacific Ocean. That's why the Golden Gate Bridge is called the Golden Gate Bridge. It's talking, really referring to the strait, 
estrecho. S-T-R-A-I-T, por cierto. Se escribe straight en este caso. No es como el adjetivo, straight, que requiere una GH antes de la T. Right? A straight como estrecho es S-T-R-A-I-T. The Golden Gate Bridge spans the Golden Gate straight. And it runs for about 2.7 kilometers. It's quite a, I think it's even been uh, um, deemed or considered one of the wonders of the modern world. The Brandenburg Gate, of course, in Berlin is another uh, notorious gate. Yeah, it kind of is, uh, it's kind of symbolic, isn't it, of the, uh, the fall of, of uh, communism. In, in Europe and the unification, the subsequent unification of Germany. That's the Brandenburg Gate, uh, in Berlin. And in Berlin, actually, there's another very, very well known gate, but it doesn't originate there. If you go to the, uh, Pergamon Museum in Berlin, you, one of the most incredible exhibits or things you can see there is the Istar Gate, which is one of the eight gates um, into the uh, the inner city of Babylon, Babylonia. It was uh, built, I think, under under that king whose name I can never pronounce, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, um, Nebuchadnezzar the second, who, of course, famously captured Jerusalem. Before we go, I think we've got about 30 seconds. Gate can also, of course, be used as a suffix when talking about some sort of scandal after the original Watergate scandal. Now you get loads of different gates. I mean, the the Monica Gate. You remember Monica Lewinsky with uh, Bill Clinton? That was known as the Monica Gate scandal. And there are a whole bunch of gate scandals that you can look up online. Danny, thank you very much. You're a star. Thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon for some more English. English. Take care. Ciao. Son campamentos de inmersión en inglés de un fin de semana que ofrecemos a lo largo de todo el año escolar. Así, los niños no tienen que esperar al verano para poder divertirse en inglés. En nuestros weekend camps, los niños y niñas de 6 a 12 años ganan confianza y se acostumbran a comunicarse en inglés de una manera natural y divertida, olvidándose de que tienen una asignatura llamada inglés. En este curso disfrutaremos de divertidas y novedosas temáticas. Circus and Magic, Bogarts, School of Magic, Adventure Camp... No se lo pueden perder. Regálales un fin de semana único en inglés con nuevos amigos. Tráelos a nuestros campamentos de verano en inglés 911335832 911335832 